You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Fleet Admiral himself, Ben Knight. Hello, Ben. How are you? Oh, Ben's coming in. I'm sorry. Hi, Ben. Hello there. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Um, sorry about that. I was a bit late transporting it. Um, That's okay. It happens. On the bridge. Have, you, have you done up the bridge? No. Oh. Seems quieter than I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody, 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 edit the the settings and the user interface. I think we did. It's quite quite weird. Um, yes, hello. Yes. Hi. Um, uh, I've been up to much. <laughs> no, no, Ben. No. Uh, as no. you know, uh, I live. It's canon. It's podcast canon. Now I live in the the warp nacelle, and uh, there's really not a lot to do up here. Uh, it's hot. Uh, it's confined mm. and uh, it's it's tube tube shaped, so there's it, just it a is. lot of pacing back and forth. Uh, and you've lost all it. sensitivity to blue light, I hear. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. That's gone. That's, uh, yeah, that's basically, all I do is I sit up here on my monitor and I watch episodes of Star Trek Picard on Paramount Plus, and that's all I do. <laughs> uh, it's a weird that they even hired me. It's very meta. Right? It's amazing. Uh, I can't believe, uh, of course, Starfleet doesn't pay you. You know, they, they you, you get paid in uh, bettering yourself or whatever, in quotations. Uh, I mean, that feels awkward, because, um, <laughs> I mean, in the Admiralty, uh, I mean, that's just me. Oh, okay. I mean, if you're getting paid. Not, you all right, all right. You're not unionized, are you? No. <laughs> the chief petty officers? No. Doesn't sound like it. No. Uh, I mean, I'm the chief of the petty officers. The other petty officers, you should see how they're living. If I'm living in a tube away from everyone else, you should see how the rest of them are living. They're very bitter. Petty, you might say. <laughs> yes, it's kind of in the name. It's in the job description. Yeah. We're just bitter all the time about everything. Speaking of which, Ben, this ties in quite nicely to season two of Star Trek Picard, as we are on the penultimate episode of uh, Star Trek Picard season two. It's episode nine. It's called Hide and Seek. And some of this worked for me, and some of it didn't. Okay. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so let's begin where we left off. The I guess we're now just referring to Borgatti as the queen. So the yes. queen, Aaron Soong, and the droned military guys... Uh, they beamed to La Serena with Picard, Talon, Raffi, and Seven. They beamed to the Chateau. Uh, Agnes's consciousness blocks the Queen from the ship's system until Seven and Raffi arrive. They try to use the ship against the Queen, but she mortally wounds Seven. After they send Rios, Teresa, and her son to safety, Picard and Talon escape from Soong and the drones in the tunnels beneath the Chateau. 
Picard recalls his mother having a mental break while they were playing a game of hide-and-seek in the tunnels when he was a boy, after which she ended her own life. Discussing this with Talon helps Picard comes to terms with it. Meanwhile, soon corners them, but Rios beams back just in time and forces him to flee. Agnes convinces the Queen to change her ways and build a new Borg collective through cooperation rather than assimilation, truly becoming a new Borg Queen. The new Queen heals Seven by adding her to the collective, then departs in La Serena for the Delta Quadrant, leaving a message for Picard that there must be two versions of Rene Picard, one who will fly to the Europa mission and one who will die. Ben, what did you think of this episode? Uh, well, <laughs> there was a lot going on, wasn't there? Yes, um, a ton. So, it, 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 it was such a weird episode. Let me say this off the bat. I enjoyed this episode. Mm. Uh, because I enjoy an hour of, you know, being thoroughly occupied. Um, but when you really break down the stuff that happened in this episode it's a very odd mixture of really weird plot points that feel like they should have made more sense than they did mm -hmm. um or shouldn't have come we, out of nowhere yeah yeah um yeah maybe that's it actually um and at the same time uh, a sort of it seems we've now just forgotten about the temporal prime directive because oh yeah that that's not a thing that's yeah that's that's history so to speak yeah um and and then from out of nowhere we then get this um almost a callback to that line from from voyager about um you know when the queen goes off on her rant about why the borg are um absolutely the tits mm -hmm. and seven just says in future you should try that instead of resistance is futile you may get volunteers <laughs> turns out yes that was foreshadowing for um what is apparently the plan <laughs> yes um which was bloody weird mm -hmm. then we get um a weird cryptic riddle with the whole two renee's thing um which like i don't know it it, it was all very odd um, right i enjoyed uh I enjoyed all of the sort of facets of this episode, though. Um, mm. I do worry that, you know, that's basically now the, the end of Agnes Gerati. Um, it seems. Which, which, yeah, which feels sad, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but the... Uh, uh, it was all just very odd. The, the drones, I could get over the fact that they weren't particularly good drones because imperfect uh, material yeah, yeah. makes for imperfect drones. That's fine, I get that. Um, I get a, 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 a lot of I mean, I'd like Elnor's mobile emitter. I don't. I mean, I thought we'd killed him off, and now he's back. And um, hologram Elfnor. Yes, he appears. Yeah, which I I don't know why he particularly has a mobile emitter. I guess they'd become standard issue at that point. But I, I guess. But I also thought La Serena had that hollow emitters everywhere on the ship. Yeah, absolutely. I thought this was established in the first season of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, a little bit more information about what happened to Seven, which was sort of thrown in and tossed aside about the uh, the whole point about joining Starfleet and Janeway um, threatening to resign uh, if uh, if she wasn't allowed to and, and so on. I suppose that was interesting in terms of being a thing. Um there was just a lot of 
stuff going on. Um, <laughs> That's really the best way to describe this episode. Yeah, it was a bit of a hot mess. It's a it bit of a mess. A hot. It was a hot mess, yeah. but also a hot mess. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sort of at a loss. Uh, this actually reminds me... Uh, if you want to hear, if you want to hear this exact discussion happen, but in a different franchise, uh, I recommend uh, when you when you put this podcast down, you go listen to the Podcasters of Shield podcast, so you can hear me talk about Moon Knight like this as well, uh, because we are here. That's intentionally fucking weird. I mean, no, it's not that it's weird. It's that both shows. Uh, this is the weird part. Both shows are on the penultimate episode of a finale. Mm. And I feel like you've got four more episodes of work to do before you can close the season and you only have one. And I have like this whole thing is, you know, fix the timeline or whatever. But it's not just that. It's what's going on with Q, which feels like it's not even being touched on. And you've got one episode to essentially tell that whole story. Yeah. In one episode, they spent a lot of time doing this personal story with Picard, which I think is a good story, but I feel like they took way too many episodes to tell it. I feel like you could have told it in fewer episodes. Um, you know, again, like you mentioned before with this show, the pacing is has gotten weird after mm. the first half of the episodes. It, it just got really strange and... Uh, there's, I just feel like there's a million questions. So Borgatti, she's off to the Delta Quadrant. But if Picard and company are successful, th this timeline ceases to exist. This is an altered timeline. It's not a separate reality, right? And the Queen knows all about that because she literally gave someone else that lecture. Right. Uh, so I don't even know what the point of her leaving is. Uh, she's not going to the Delta Quadrant from this place. Uh, by the time she ever gets there, uh, they're going to have fixed this. And it's going to be the normal Delta Quadrant, which presumably there's a Borg queen still there. Uh, and the Borg, mm -hmm. as far as we know, they're not wiped out or anything. Uh, none of that makes sense. That's all weird to me. Um You've got this stuff with, uh, yeah, I'm interested in the stuff with Rios and Teresa, but I have no idea what they're going to do, if they're going to do anything. I feel like it's, uh, I feel like they've created, for, at least for me, I feel like they've created these characters that I'm interested in and kind of attached to. Like, mm -hmm. I, I at least care what happens to them. And I love Rios. I think he's awesome. And yeah. It's very clear he's just going to end up stuck in this version of history. Cause yeah. Well, I mean, he can't. In so many he can't. Because if they fix well, it, this timeline yeah, is erased. So the only logical solution is erase this woman he's falling for and her son. They're either erased from history and therefore all he ever has of them is the memory of this. Or he brings them with him. But... If they're going to do that, they've got work to do because they're not with him right now. So that's another thing that they would have to tackle. Uh, it just feels like they sort of forgot their own rules that they wrote for this show when they were like, okay, here's what's happening, guys. But then it feels yeah, like... Confidence mm -hmm. they're going to make it all good in the end? Or are I you have... thinking that, no, this is just going to be 
a, a sort of retconning situation. Yeah, I have. I, well, I feel like things are going to be fine by the, or you know, I think they'll set things straight, but I feel like a lot of stuff is just going to get forgotten about or not talked about. Um, like they're just, that stuff is just going to go to the wayside. Like, Oh, the questions about Gerardi Borg. Who knows uh, what happened to Teresa? Who knows? Uh, what the fuck is Q doing? I mean, what's Q doing? Really do all of this in order to make Picard realize that, um, or, or make him ponder whether he's responsible effectively for the death of his mother. Um, if so, that's weirdly micromanaging. That's um, super weird. If this is supposed to be about Q's death or Q's dying in some manner, how? Mm. Why? These are all things that are just not talked about. But we do have a we do have another problem, mm. which is, uh, and it's a little bit of a uh, potential fast forward situation, i.e., to the finale. Okay. Uh, so avoid. You know, you don't want to. If if this is a spoiler, then it's a spoiler. But I mm-hmm. don't know whether it is. It's just a guess. Um, the soundtrack is now available for Picard. Oh, okay. Uh, I've, not, I've not listened. Right. Well, on the soundtrack, the one of the tracks right near the end, so given that the rest of it's pretty much chronological, one must assume that it is there for a reason, mm-hmm. um, is a track called The Travelers. Oh, okay. Now, if there's only one race of people more m- mysteriously magical than the, the Q, Q, yes. It's the travelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I say travelers. Um, we've only ever met one. Travel- yeah. Well, we've met two, haven't we? Because, oh, have we? Um, shut up, Wesley. He's also <laughs> a traveler. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. He doesn't count, though. Well, he does because they deleted the scenes that ruined it from Nemesis, didn't they? Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. That's true. It stands, he's, he's still yeah. very much there. Um, I, 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 the only thing I could think about is. Oh, is are we going to see a cameo so, from Will Wheaton then, Ben? Will Wheaton. With his cool whip, um, <laughs> I do wonder because, like, obviously he's tied to um, the, the the after hours uh, show, the ready room. Yes, um, but it, 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 I just, yeah, maybe we're just going to have this kind of snow globe sort of, I don't know, this sort of etch a sketch, <laughs> just sort of ending to it where we go, yeah. oh well, that's all went to shit. Shake, 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 shake. Oh look, it's fixed now. Yeah, 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 um, we're good. Yeah, don't don't, yeah, don't worry about that. You're, you're fine. Which is what I don't I do want. Wonder. Well, yeah, no, same, because, uh, like, you know, effectively I'm tempted to say to them, you know, you've made this mess, you've got to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do wonder, I, I just spotted that this week and thought, I, I just wonder whether the reason it is going to absolute chaos is because, you know, it's going to be fixed by effectively magic one time again. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, none of this really makes sense. Like, okay. So like the big thing for the end of this episode is there needs to be two versions of Renee Picard. Yeah. Number one, how does the board queen know this? And yeah, not clear, not yep. clear. And number two, uh, she's just a sonic screwdriver who can do whatever the show needs her to do. And yep. number two, uh, how the fuck do they accomplish this? Uh, does she have a twin that we are unaware of? Because you, one cannot simply just go back in time. I mean, maybe Talon has a sonic screwdriver that's like, I can also travel through time for you. Because this is the only thing I can think of, is that they go get a second one. Or are they going to use Aaron Soong's weird laboratory to grow another one in one episode or something? Like, I, Ooh, that sounds likely, actually. And why does one have to... I mean, maybe we will get the explanation of one why one has to fly there and one why one has to die, but for the life of me, I can't figure out why. 
Um, I'm hoping that maybe it's some huge, like, oh, that's really clever. But the way things have been going and the way stuff has been paced, it just feels like this too is going to be a big mess. And I'm going to be like, uh, hopefully they don't screw up the TNG reunion. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so far, uh, you know, once is an accident, twice is a, what's the old saying? Like twice is a, you know, coincidence or something, but like three times is a pattern. Uh, yeah. This is the second season of the show in a row where it felt like it started strong and then as it went on, got convoluted and things slowed down a lot and then sped up really fast and then slowed well, down and, and then and sped you, up. Yeah. You even get that within episodes themselves. So I think I've mentioned it before. One of my greatest irritations um, with this show has been the fact that you get um, like, no, you'd be in the middle of a, a sort of major action sequence. It happened a load of times in this episode, uh, at least at a point this time around. Um, and the characters would suddenly break off from, you know, the imminent threat to life uh, in order to have a largely pointless conversation. Uh, Raffi and Seven did it a lot, uh, but in this episode, it was um, Talon and Picard. And Picard, of course, you know, whilst fleeing for their lives in the tunnels, uh, obviously kept stopping to have his, oh, I'm remembering things moment. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, it, it was all just a, a, a bit odd because then you're rushing through scenes that perhaps would have been better at a slightly lower pace um, and then crawling through those sort of dead stops in um, in the sequence. It's just a very odd decisions been made in this show and I, 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 I can't figure out whether it's just the style and, you know, we're, we're to suck it up because that's what it is or, or whether it's it's just being badly edited or, or something. So something is... Something is not well in uh, um, in this particular part of the, the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I I so I, I don't know what to say anymore. I have. Um, I did see uh, a, a thread from somebody who has watched a handful of. Strange New World episodes. Oh, really? Um, yes. And it was, uh, I shall endeavor to find them and tag you or send them your way or something. But um, I mean, and it's hard to say because the comment section underneath was filled with people who were very skeptical. But mm-hmm. um, he did confirm that the show is episodic, it is not um, serialized. So it feels like every episode is not contingent on the previous or the next or whatever. So if mm-hmm. people wanted something a little more akin to a TOS, um, it's in there. But according to this person who did watch at least a few episodes, uh, according to them, they said that it felt like a very good melding of old track and new track. Uh, okay. And I presume the new track is probably in obviously visual style, but probably some yeah. of the tone as well. But um, the melding of old Trek sounds uh, something, I mean, cause for me, it, it's largely been about um, try not to forget what happened before all of this in the continuity mm. of the universe, but also just, you know, try to tell a, a good cohesive story. And it, that feels like something that disco and Picard have struggled with. Mm. Um, 
it feels like they do have a story, but uh, sometimes they're definitely struggling to pace it out properly. And, uh, you know, maybe they don't need 10 episodes to do this, or maybe they need, in this case with Picard, it feels like they need more than 10 episodes. Cause I, I feel like the next episode at least should be the penultimate episode. Like we need one more episode to set things up for the end. It feels like you set up so many things that we can't possibly pay off in 50 minutes without it going at a breakneck pace. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, well, exactly. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not sure what we're going to get uh, after this. Uh, there were moments in this that I liked, but, uh, and to be honest, I, I, they got me for a second. I thought they were actually going to kill seven of nine in this show. Yes. Uh, I felt, well, because it, it occurred to me actually whilst I was watching it that, um, of course, uh, her name does not appear in that um, cast list for the uh, next season. Trailer, no. Which, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you shouldn't read too much into that. Because no, because I think I think it also treatment. says joining the cast, so it might not be a full yeah, list of everyone involved. But I'm like, with all these TNG characters in there, like you know, maybe they got to make room for whatever. I mean, that doesn't mean they'd have to kill off Jerry Ryan's character, but I wouldn't have been surprised. Like they they literally got me, so that was a good mm-hmm. twist. Although the whole. Uh, it taking, you know, three minutes for Agnes Girati to essentially talk the Borg Queen out of being the Borg Queen. Like, all of that stuff, like... I feel like someone would have said that to the Borg Queen before, you know? <laughs> right? If that's all it took. Uh, well, actually, it, they did. We know that Seven said it to her. Yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't work. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I guess with that, if you had planted some seeds throughout the show to suggest that maybe this Borg queen from this altered timeline, uh, gone through what she's gone through is maybe a little different or uh, her, her, how she thinks about things have changed a little bit. Maybe there's some opening there that would make this seem a little more plausible, but instead it was like, no, I'm a murder robot intent on murdering people Mm -hmm. and turning them into robots to serve me and make a murder robot army. And Agnes is like, yeah, but have you considered not doing that? And she have you goes, considered accepting Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? No, I have never <laughs> thought of that before. That is intriguing. Maybe we should try being nice. Okay, let's do well, the that. The argument is, it's because mm. um, Girati shows her what appears to be the destruction of the fleet um, from, yes. from Endgame, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's supposed to be the dawning realization. But, of course, she knows about that because she yeah. fucking saw it. She was there. Right, right. I mean, yes. Ugh. Well, I mean, even even if this was a, a different Borg queen from a different timeline, mm-hmm. uh, she's seen the destruction of... She's like the last Borg, right? Well, you know what she, you know what she should have said to her, mm-hmm. don't you? Hmm. She should have said, your existence is futile. Right. I mean... It that would have been... At least, the, at least it would have been a good comeback. Yep. Um, <laughs> at the very least, she, yep. she could have been like, look, no, your existence is futile. You're the last Borg. Like what, what good are you? Uh, there are better arguments to have made. It, it just felt like it happened so quick. It mm. felt unearned. And yes, that's exactly. It, yeah. That's just a lot of the last half of this. It just, it's happening so quick. And, uh, you know, it's very much like it's almost got a bit of a Stephen Moffat quality to it, where it's like yes. enjoying yeah. so much in the setup 
and the intrigue and the asking of the questions. And then when it comes time to answer the questions, it's like, fuck, we have 50 minutes to answer questions. So we're just going to answer, 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 answer. And mm. like, if we forget, even some, if the answers don't make sense, even if they don't um, make sense, even if we forget some answers, like yeah. the people want answers. And I didn't think about what the answers were when we started this process. Um, it's kind of the JJ Abrams criticism, right? The, uh, yeah. the mystery box thing like that's more intriguing than the answers or you know what you imagine is inside is more intriguing than anything i could ever actually show you um mm. you know which is uh, true but again this is a visual medium and you have to show the people something so uh, at the end I of the day how it, it was somehow very enjoyable n- mm-hmm. nevertheless which i, I suppose yeah oh this was a more yeah it sounds like i'm gonna give this a one i'm not uh, I like this better than last week. It was more fun than last yeah. week, but it had the same problems as the last couple of weeks from a storytelling standpoint. Um, it had better moments in it. And quite honestly, uh, it feels like seven is now fully clothed. Now that she has Borg implants back on her body, she always <laughs> looks weird to me playing seven, but with no Borg implants. Yes. Yeah, so like, that's just how I know her. Like if I saw Jerry Ryan in person, I'd be like, can you put on the, well, as she said, I am myself. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, like to me, she'd be in total disguise. If I met her in public, I wouldn't recognize <laughs> her without that like eyebrow thingy. So yeah, I had more fun watching this episode, but my goodness was this just more of like, I just, after watching this episode, I can't, I'm not thinking about like, I can't wait to see what happens in episode 10. It's more like, how do they, how do they tie all of this up in one episode? How do they do this without it being shite? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not curious about what happens. I'm more curious about like, how do they pull it off? And that's well, not I, I what I should be wise. going into it. Yeah. I think that's wise for simply for the reason that we now know from, from this show that it's borderline impossible to pull this to figure off. out. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, the, the plot twists are not logical. Um, right. And we also know that there's a, well, uh, a hefty disrespect for the show's own rules now, um, which yeah. again, I don't, I don't mind that. You know, the show exists; it's a fluid thing. It writes its own rules and so on. Um, but uh, that I'd feel more confident about that if we weren't on the penultimate episode, because you know they can they can square things up as as they get through. But where you've only got um, where you've only got this left, it just feels to me like. There's no way of doing that without, um, you know, a hefty dose of retconning or magic wanding or mm-hmm. something. Loads of things that you're just going to go, oh, did they just forget that bit of the plot or, or whatever. Now, I, I hope I'm wrong. Obviously, it goes without saying. Um, but, by God, they've got some heavy lifting to do now. Yeah, they do. They do indeed. Um, okay, so any final thoughts on episode nine? And what did you give it? Um, in terms of final thoughts, I, I'm not sure what I can say. Oh, save for the fact that um, NXO One um, Enterprise Refit is now canon, of course. Yeah, which is good. There we go. It's uh, always a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what did I give it? I can't remember. Um, uh, yeah, right. So I gave it. Um, see, I'm, I keep second guessing myself. I gave it three and a quarter, and I gave it three and a quarter because of, of as I say. It, it should have been a high-scoring episode. It's part of the the end of this 
this season. Um, I just couldn't because of all of those problems, but it scored so highly for such a flawed episode just because it was an enjoyable watch. Um, it continues to be something. One thing I will give it its point for, I've mentioned it before on the show, but I'll, I'll do it again. The um, the unsung heroes of Star Trek Picard is uh, are the um, wardrobe department. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet again, I mean, it, it, it just absolutely bloody flawless work. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then again, you know the fact that I've got time to notice that tells you something about the pacing. Yes, um, everybody yeah. looks great for sure. Oh, they really do. I, I liked um, Renee's top. I thought was a, a fantastic bit of work. Mm. I don't know whether that was bought in or whether it was. Well, it's still the wardrobe department at the end of the day, isn't it? Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was very good. Uh, so yeah, three and a quarter for all of those rather muddled reasons. Uh, I'm gonna dive into the uh, the Glen layer of. Uh, Cinema Geekly scoring. Of course, you know that we have our our whole geeky glasses, our half geeky glasses, and of course, the quarter geeky glasses uh, as well. But I'm going to dive into the Glenn layer, which um, for for listeners of the the regular Cinema Geekly podcast, uh, you might know when I say I'm giving it a soft three means mm-hmm. uh i was wavering between two and three quarters and Thumbing a three that three in are you yeah it barely by a nose it it went over that that three marker mm. just barely landed in the in the three zone but um it could teeter it could teeter uh either way and mm. uh it was almost a reluctant three because i'm like okay i did have more fun watching this episode than the last few which i you know gave in that two and a half two and three quarters zone and i did have more fun watching this one but i still had a lot of the same problems so it was a struggle to give this a three because that makes it sound like i thought it was you know uh you know on the early side of good but <laughs> um and it kind of is but it also kind of isn't a lot of stuff really hinges on the finale. Uh, I feel like how good a penultimate episode is in a serialized show really depends on how it's followed up on. We've said that on this show before. For yes. In fact, last, was it last season of this or was it mm-hmm. Discovery? I can't remember. But yes. Yeah. Uh, it really just depends. It's definitely last season of this show for sure because mm-hmm. we were in the same position as we are now of going like, uh... And uh, I, I'm pretty sure we decided that Star Trek Picard season one ended thoroughly. Eh. Yes. Not bad. Not good. In the middle somewhere. Uh, and I feel like it's hard to. I really don't want to say this, but I feel like that's the best the show can hope for uh, for the ending of the season. And then I just hope and hope and hope that when they bring the TNG cast back in, they figure out something. Because it can't, it can't be like this. Um, So yeah. Anyway, everybody, that's the podcast for this week. Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. And of course, this is a listener-supported podcast, and there are a couple of different ways you can do that. We have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. We have the merch store. uh, Wait a minute. You mean this? No, no. You mean this merch store. Geeklymerch.com. Yes, links for both are in the show notes. The Federation Choir uh, singing uh, singing that one for us. The USS Cinema Geekly's uh, choir section chiming in uh links for those are in the show notes for this episode and of course you can find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher spotify audible all that good stuff anywhere good podcasts are found uh, just search for i'm a doctor not a podcast hit subscribe and that way you can join us next time to hear us talk about 
the season two finale of Star Trek Picard. Picard.